0: Hey guys, we're so excited to share this message with you on the CenterSet podcast. My name is Ethan and I lead worship here at CenterSet. We'd love for you to download our app so that you can keep up with all that is happening in our community. Text CenterSet to seven seven nine seven seven 77 to download. What's up? Who's excited for church? We haven't met. My name is Ali and uh, October is a crazy month because normally we, we, what we do is we call these, these collections of talks we'll... If you've never heard of that language before, we'll talk about a subject for a couple of weeks in a row to really go deep. And uh, because October, we're here, we're not here, we're coming back, and then we're not here. I want to do a bunch of one-hit wonders. You're going to love them. You're going to love them. Uh, you're always going to be challenged when you come here. You're always going to be encouraged. And you will definitely always be inspired. If you're ready to hear God's word, someone say amen. amen. Ecclesiastes chapter 7. And for those of you online, welcome. Uh, on a good day. Someone say good day. Enjoy yourself on a bad day. Someone say bad day. bad day. Examine your conscience. God arranges for both kinds of days so that we don't take anything for granted. I'm to preach to you around this idea, the good, the bad, and the ugly. Some of you are older. Like, Isn't that a movie? The 20-year-olds don't know that. Don't, don't ruin it for them. I'm going to preach to you around this idea, the good, the bad, and the ugly. Can you guys bow your heads and close your eyes? God, we ask, Holy Spirit, that you would anoint these words that I'm preaching today, God. We thank you so much, Lord, that you brought us here, that we just sense that you're moving amongst us. God, we love you. We, we praise you that you brought us together for such a time as this. God, we're praying for a new building. There's good, there's bad, and there's ugly. God, we're, we believe in there's there's good in this. Would you speak to us clearly, God? We walked in one way, but we want to leave another. And everyone at the 11 a.m., everybody said? Amen. Come on, everybody said? Amen. Okay, I need some audience participation. Be honest. Who's having a good day? Come on. Okay, that's good. It's good. Yeah, I love our community because it's okay to not be okay here. You don't have to have it all together because I certainly do not. And I'm going to ask another question. I'm not saying the first people lied, but I want the second group to be just as energetic. Who's having a bad day? Come on. Liars. Li- I know how it is. You walk in with your spouse. How are you? blessed and highly favored of the Lord. And you were cussing each other out the whole way to church. Come on. And sometimes we feel anxious and shameful to tell, tell people how we're really feeling. Because there's a branch of Christians that say every day's got to be victorious. Every day's got to be the day that the Lord has made. Sometimes it doesn't feel that way. Sometimes it's like this picture. Everything's just fine. And you you feel like you got to pretend. You don't got to pretend here at Center Set. And isn't it funny that like, you know what kind of day it is in the morning. Like you'll wake up and the birds are chirping and you feel rested and they're humming your favorite song right now. For me, it's Moon by Kanye. You know, and you feel rested. How many of you know that's going to be a what? Good day. Then flip side, you wake up, you feel rested, the birds are chirping, but you slept through all five of your alarms and now you're an hour late for work. What's that going to be? Bad day. What about those days where you wake up and you take a shower, you get ready, and you look in the front of the mirror, and it's a perfect hair day. Everybody loves perfect hair days. It's like, man, I, I couldn't even pay someone to do this. It only looks good on that first day you get a haircut. How many of you know that's gonna be a what? Good day. good day. And then there's other days where you wake up, and it looks like your hair is worshiping God. <laughs> you take a shower, you use gel, nothing. How many know that's gonna be a what? Bad, Bad day. No. This next day, some of you are not gonna relate. Old, those of you that are older than 35, you can say amen. Those of you that live with your parents be like, get behind me, Satan. But it's coming. Let me tell you. When you're 35, something shifts in your body. You wake up every day with back pain. And when you wake up and you don't have like, oh my God, I can touch my toes. Ooh. It's gonna be a what? Good day. And it's not a bad day when you have back pain. That's just Monday. But the idea I'm trying to convince you is it's, there's nothing wrong with defining your day. I don't want you to pretend. I don't want you to lie to yourself. Listen, when you reach in your pocket looking for your cell phone and you pull a 20 out, that's a good day. When you're driving home from work and you see the red and blue lights behind you, listen, that is a bad day. Don't pretend. But the problem is not that we define our days. I wrote it down like this. The problem is that we allow the definition of our day to define the direction of our life. Let me say that again because some of you went in one ear and out the other and it needs to go into your heart. You allow the the definition of your day. See, it's not a problem to have a bad day. The problem is when you allow a bad day to lead you down a bad life. See, some of you have drama at home. Your kids don't listen. Your spouse doesn't help. And you take that pressure, that pain that you have at work, at home, and you bring it to work. And you start talking back to your coworkers. And you start being rude to your boss. And your boss has to pull you aside. Like, is everything okay? Oh, I'm sorry. I'm having a bad And you make excuses for your attitude. Because what you're allowing is you're allowing the definition of your day to determine the direction of your life. Some of you, though, you have hell at work. Your boss is mean, your coworkers are selfish, and you bring that pain that you are experiencing for eight hours at work, and you bring that home. And now you're yelling at your kids, and they've done nothing. You ever feel like your spouse is yelling at you, but they're not really yelling at you? Like, well, what did I do? And you got to learn. I want to teach you today how to shift from defining your day to directing your day. You need to, some of you need to learn this principle because it says... Sometimes you gotta, I wrote really like know this. Sometimes you gotta learn to direct your bad day to a good place. You gotta learn to be a master of your environment it, instead of letting your environment master you. Anybody know what the California Lemon Law is? Some of you are gonna love me after I tell you this. California Lemon Law is if your car continues to break down and you take it to a mechanic and it still can't be fixed, by California law, the manufacturer has to buy it back. Woo! Some of you are gonna tithe next week because I did what I just told you right now. God bless you. I tell you the story because I didn't know this when I owned this car. Look how ratchet this car is. 1990 Ford Bronco. My dad bought it for me when I was in college for $1,000. I was pumping $1,000 every two months to get this thing to work. You ever not have a car where right before you turn it on, you got to pray in tongues? You know what I'm talking about? Sometimes you got to like do the, 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 the secret code to get the car working, like, and then you turn it on. Yeah, I, I had one of those cars. My friend's like, dude, what are you doing? I'm like, don't listen to them, honey. They don't know you like I know you. And even though that car would break down, every month I learned to drive that bad car, listen, to a good place. Some of you need to learn the principle of driving a bad day. Listen, to a good place. I'll say amen myself because that's a good word right there. Some of you need to hear that. But it's not just that you don't know how to drive a bad day. Some of you don't even know how to drive a good day. God gives you one and what do you do? You crash it. Because you don't appreciate it. Can I confess? The one day, like clockwork, that Pastor Yaz and I fight, and she's sick in bed, pray for her. Guess what day it is? The first day of vacation. Every time we go on vacation, that morning, I'm telling you, we don't talk for three hours. We're in the car, we're in the airplane, we don't even talk. Why? Because I wanna get up at five. I wanna leave the house at seven. I go tell her, I'm like, honey, I wanna spend 12 hours in San Diego. Let's get in there as soon as we can. She's like, I'm waking up at 11. Then I'm going to surf Instagram for an hour. Then I'm going to go to Starbucks, maybe take a shower if I find time. Then I'm going to eat. Then I'm going to put my makeup on. Then we're going to Starbucks a second time, and then we leave the house by four. I'm like, I'm going to work. I don't know what you're doing. But we fight. It's supposed to be a good day, but because I make bad decisions, I crash it. Some of you need to stop allowing the pain or the pleasure that you experience. That sometimes will define our day. There's nothing wrong with defining, but you're letting those emotions direct your day. And there's a higher thing. It's called purpose that God wants to lead you to. Read with me this verse. It says, on a good day, someone say good day. Good. Enjoy yourself. On a bad day, someone say bad day. Good. Examine your conscience. God arranges for both kinds of day. Who arranges it? God. God. Either that verse will crush you or will encourage you. Because you and I don't have a say what kind of day is coming. But if you don't know the character of God, when bad begins to happen, when the mess in your life begins to pile up, you begin to question, is God good? Why would he allow, why if God's a good God, why would he allow this? And what you are reading is not what the scripture says. It does not say that God authors evil. But that's what your heart reads. What it says is arranges. Someone say arranges. Arranges. That means God is taking the mess and he's arranging it. Ephesians, uh, Romans chapter 8, verse 28, one of my life verses. God works all things for the good of those that love him. He doesn't author evil. He's not the creator of evil. But what God does is he takes the evil and he uses it for good. Amen. And he begins to arrange it in your life so that you can do something with it. Sometimes the mess is not an indication that he's left, it's an indication that he's working. I, I love my wife. She is extremely talented. Everybody love Pastor Yasmin? She's a, a master disciple. She's preacher, I'm trying to get her to preach. Can we holler online, out loud, get Pastor Yaz to preach? I'm, I've been trying to do it. I'm trying to get peer pressure to get her to preach. But as talented as she is, dude, she is the most unorganized person I've, I've ever met in my life. <laughs> I'm just being honest, okay? It's not shameful. If you saw her desk, you would think she's a pack rat. Some like, I go to her group, Pastor Ali. I It's not that I cleaned it before you showed up. You're welcome. <laughs> there are papers there from a year ago. And she goes, Allie, help, just like fix this. And normally, what I do is I take everything off her table and I throw it on the ground. Then, only those things that she needs do I put them back. And I go, honey, it's ready. And you know what she sees? She doesn't see the nice desk, she sees the mess. But because we've been married eight years, she realizes the mess is a precursor to the arrangement. Some of you, when God allows the mess to happen in your life, you need to stop questioning the goodness and the character of God. Because he hasn't left you. He hasn't abandoned you. He is arranging the mess to help arrange your life. Amen. That's a good word right there. Some of you need to realize there are good, there's bad, and there's ugly. If you're taking notes, you want to write this question down. What is a good day? What is a, I want to help you define? Because some of you are experiencing good days and you don't even know it. You're not even enjoying. You're not even relishing. It just come in and leave in, and you didn't even experience the goodness of God on the day. What is a good day? Write this thought down. Because you're gonna. Once you identify what a good day is, you will. I hope you will never forsake it again. Ready? Write this down. Today is a good day. Today. So that encourages some of you. That makes some of you angry. Today is, let me read you Psalms 118. This is the day that the Lord has made. Is it, was it yesterday the day? No. What, is tomorrow the day? No, today is, this is the day that the Lord has made. And I shall be glad, rejoice and be glad in it. Sometimes we experience good days and we don't even know because we don't even recognize it. See, a good day is kind of like a Picasso painting. I have no reason why people like Picasso paintings. It is for the life of me that these things are hundreds of thousands of dollars. I put a Picasso painting on the, on the wall. Watch this. This is $500,000. I'm not hating. If you're an art nerd, we love you at Center Set. I could draw that. Half of you in this room were, could draw that. We wouldn't buy it, though, because here's the thing. Art is not valued on what it is. Art is valuable who drew it. See, your day is awesome. Today is the day, the, not because of what you feel, but because who made it. It's not the art, it's the artist. Let me, let me show you my favorite picture of all time. It's not a Rembrandt, it's not a Da Vinci, it's not a, a Van Gogh. It's Sophia Ruhi. Look at this. My five-year-old made this for me. You can't see it. <laughs> I went on my first business trip where she was old enough to understand where I was leaving. And she wrote, happy Turp. Not trip, turp. <laughs> None of you would put this on your wall. This is priceless for me. Cause not what it is. It I don't see the art. I see the artist. And some of you, you are looking at your your day through the pain or the joy that you experience. And you need to learn to see the artist in your life. Yeah. Hey, honest question, anybody praise God for stoplights? Of course not. <laughs> no one does. Can I just be honest? I praise God at stoplights now. Because when I wanted to start the church, it was 2016. If you knew anything about me, I'm, I'm like the type A. I'm the guy that wakes up at 5 a.m. My wife wants to wake up at 11. We're very, very, she's the night owl. I'm the one that goes to bed at 9.30 and wakes up at 5. I'm like, the day's half over, honey. <laughs> I, I want to go. And I, I wanted to start the church in 2016. And my board, my pastors, they would not let me. And I was so angry. I remember there was this one meeting. They called me in. They're like, we've been praying, Allie, and we think you should wait a year. I said, you should wait a year. And they're like, what does that mean? I'm like, I don't know. I'm just angry with you. (laughs) And I realize now, looking back, I submitted, obviously, that every time I'm at a stoplight, I see the artist. I see if I had gone through that red light, if I had started this church in 2016, oncoming traffic would have hit me. And we wouldn't be here. And now my, when I'm at a red light, I don't see it for what it is. I see God in it. Some of you need to learn the art of seeing God in your life, not through your emotions, not for what it is, but for who made it. This is why I love sunsets. Anybody love sunsets? When the sun comes up, I left my favorite. Why? Because it comes after the darkness. So no matter what I'm suffering, no matter how dark my marriage is, no matter how, how painful my life is right now, new mercies are here every morning. Amen? Some of you need to learn. To see the artist, and it says this: Let everything, Psalm one fifty, verse six. Let everything that has breath praise the Lord. Someone say, "Praise the Lord!" Praise it was so good, he had to say it twice. Somebody leader, praise God for this day. Today is the most valuable day in your life. Let me prove it to you. Put that Picasso picture back up. If I took this to FedEx and printed it out, do you think I could sell for five hundred thousand dollars? Why? It's not original not original yesterday already passed tomorrow is not promised this is the most valuable day in your life because it's an original you don't have another day like today and you got to stop looking at your life through the lens of pain or pleasure but to the light uh, the artist who wants to give it to you this is, let me talk to the parents for a second too many of you are experiencing diapers and you're feeding kids stay up late and often as parents i'm guilty of this we want to phase through that phase to a more convenient phase we're not feeding them at two in the morning. We're not changing diapers where they can finally talk to us instead of crying and listen. If the greatest problem you have is poo-poo diapers, your life is not that bad. Because if you don't believe me, let's go to the children's hospital and see all the kids who have cancer. Diapers. If diapers are the most painful thing you have, listen. Today is a good day, and you don't even realize it. You're not even. You got to learn to drive a good day and keep it there, amen. Because bad days are coming. So the qu- second question is, why is a good day? I know it doesn't mean make proper English, but I just follow along. Why is a good day? Why is a good day? Read Ecclesiastes seven, fourteen. Let me read it again. On a good day, enjoy yourself. On a bad day, examine your conscience. God arranges for both kinds of days so that we won't take anything for granted. I love that God tells us on a good day, enjoy it yourself. Notice that's not a suggestion. He is commanding you to enjoy it. Because he knows you're a negative Nancy and you won't. Because <laughs> you and I find fault in everything. This last May, my wife and I, we went to Disneyland. Uh, actually, my daughter, when she was supposed to turn four, five, four, uh, we were supposed to go to Disneyland on March four, 15th and 14th, 2020. I remember what happened on that weekend. The world <laughs> shut down. So imagine my five-year-old. It's like, we're not going to Disneyland, tears, sadness. And we had to wait not only a year, but a year and like three months, 15 months. We finally, because we had bought tickets, they let us at the front of the line. So we, when Disneyland opened up on May 1st, we were there like on May 6th or 7th. Like right when it opened, we were there. So imagine my daughter, she's been stuck at home for a year. Now we're finally at Disneyland. We let her have McDonald's. We let her have French fries, cotton candy, ice cream. It was, listen, Disneyland is heaven for kids, stress city for parents, right? You're walking like 20 miles. Your back hurts because you're 35. Come on. This is my, there were multiple times in the day my daughter looked at me, she's like, Dad, this is the best day of my life. the end of the day, her friends buy toys and now she wants one. And I'm trying to convince a five-year-old, we're going to buy you a toy, honey but we're going to buy tomorrow. Kids have no idea. They only live for today. Tomorrow's not even there. No. I'm just going to fast forward five minutes. Her arms are crossed. Tears are coming down her face. She is stomping. This is the worst day. And before you laugh, I just felt the prompting of the Holy Spirit to ask you, do you complain when God gives you Disneyland? And you, don't, and you complain for more. I wrote it down like this. This is what I want to challenge some of you. How, God has, how good has God been to you? provided for you, saved you, rescued you, and often because you are ungrateful, you don't see the goodness and enjoy it because you want more. Because you want more. That's why God says enjoy yourself because he knows you're not going to. Because you're ungrateful, you are blessed and don't even know it. I love that the word enjoy is not outjoy because it's not what you Put into an experience is what you get. That's not what you get out of an experience. It's what you put into it. And enjoy is not a noun. It's not something you are. It's a verb. It's something you do. Some of you, listen, when you have a bad day, everyone in your social circle knows. Right? You put on social media, hashtag mood, and everyone knows, oh, you're having a bad day. And some of you, you carry around those wounds that someone said you're, you're ugly, you're not good enough. You carry those wounds of what someone said bad to you for years And someone will tell you you're anointed, you're gifted, you're called, you're beautiful, and you'll forget two minutes later. Why? Because we love tragedy. We don't love triumph. We'd rather sit in the pain versus hearing what God has to say about us. And what I want to encourage you, what God is trying to teach you is enjoy it. Spend twice as long in the joy as you do in the pain. That means you should laugh twice as long as you cry. By God's math, you should dance twice as much as you're on the ground when shame. You, you should praise God twice as much as you are hurt by God. Come on. Some of you need to turn. Your, you need to enjoy the good day because it is a today. Someone say today. today. Today is a good day. Not for what it is, but who made it. What is a bad day, though? Some of you, this is going to offend some of you. I'm just letting you know. Come on. It's going to upset some of you, but it's good for you. What is a bad day? And you're not going to like my answer. Write this down. A bad day is expected it's expected. Psalm 10 verse 6 this is by David. They think, someone say they. they. You don't understand David is juxtaposing two groups, the righteous and the unrighteous. The one who walks with God and the fool. And the they in this verse is the fool. They say nothing good, nothing bad will ever happen to us. We will be free of trouble forever. Let me give you the the modern day translation. There are no bad days. I think mean, everyone's gonna. Bat. You know, don't you know who I am? I follow Jesus. Listen, bad days are coming. Bad days are coming. I am not surprised anymore by when bad days come. I am surprised when Christians expect that God is gonna like I don't know, give you Disneyland. They're gonna eat rainbows and poop butterflies. Like what? I can't tell you how many times I'm sitting down with a Christian and they're surprised when their spouse doesn't love them, when their boss takes advantage of them, underpays them and overworks them, when they're surprised when they get a flat tire and the car breaks down, when they're surprised when a a friend betrays them, when they're surprised when their spouse leaves them, when they're surprised when their kids talk back. They're like, Pastor Ali, what's going on? And you're not putting that day in the proper context. You should expect it. And when you don't have the right perspective, you put God in the wrong perspective too. Because when you act good, you expect good. And you have no one to blame but God. So you start saying things in your heart like, if God was good, he wouldn't let this happen. If God was good, he wouldn't let my spouse do this to me. If God was good, my kids would not behave this way. If God was good, I would not have this job. And you start questioning the goodness of God because, you listen, you didn't expect it. Bad days are expected. You know what? I I, I wrote down like this. People think God's not fair because bad things happen to them. But God is fair because bad things happen to everyone. Everyone. You know what wouldn't be fair if you were the only one whose kids didn't talk back to you? You know what would be fair if your boss overpaid you because he's underpaying everybody else? It would not be fair if your, se- your wife had sex with you 365 days a year. Come on. No amens. Shame on you. <laughs> it would be unfair if your kids never talked back. It would be unfair if your car never broke down. Because it happens to all of us. Write this down. Right perspective leads to right expectations. Right? Preparation leads to right. Because when you expect it, you're preparing for it. Listen, I put on my seatbelt because I expect a car accident. I buy health insurance because I expect to get sick. I have a emergency fund because I expect things in my house to break. And when they break, they don't break me. Some of you, this is why you got to come to church every Sunday because you're depositing in your faith fund. Money, so when bad things happen, it doesn't break your faith. You have a deposit there. Some of you, bad things are happening and you do this. You equate a bad day with a bad God. Listen, that that is not the case. A bad day does not equal, bad days happen. When a good day comes, enjoy yourself. When a bad day comes, examine yourself. Question number three, why is a bad day? Pastor, that's not English. I know, but I'm trying to teach you. And just goes along with the sermon. First question is, what is a good day? Why a good day? Third question is, what's a bad day? This one's, why a bad day? This is the one that's going to challenge you the most. Why a bad day? Ecclesiastes 7, verse 14. On a good day, enjoy yourself. On a bad day, someone say "bad bad day. Examine your conscience. Examine your conscience. See, so often we don't realize who we really are. See, when when a bad day comes, you don't really learn a lot about God. Because God's going to come, he's going to rescue you, he's never going to leave you or abandon you. He will get you out of that situation. You don't learn about God. You know what you learn about? You learn about yourself. Can I just be very transparent? Some of you are a zombie apocalypse from killing your neighbor. (laughs) Let that sink in for a moment. I've I've watched The Walking Dead for years. It is not a zombie show. It is about me and you. Because listen. When there's a zombie apocalypse, are you going to hide the one last can of tuna or are you going to share it? If you're running from a horde, are you going to kick your friend over so that you don't get killed? Or are you going to bring that slow person along? When when the zombies are coming to the house, are you going to lock the door with your friend outside? Are you going to let them come in? Maybe get everyone else in the house killed. Listen, bad days don't reveal who God is. Bad days are x-rays. Bad days are X-rays. Bad days are x-rays. They reveal who you are. Bad days don't reveal who God is. Write this down. They reveal who we are. And it's not on good days that we ask these questions. Because on most days, you ever see that TikTok where the guys like walking around the room, his, his head bobbing. And you see the, in the same time those girls that walking with church with the, the ice and just shaking it over and over again. On good days, you don't question who you are. On good days, you think you're awesome. On good days, you're taking selfies. You put on your story. You, you don't question anything. Let me me tell you why I know this is the case. Your check engine light's been on for five years. You've never taken it to the mechanic. Why? Because your car is still working. When life is working, you don't examine yourself. You know when you examine yourself? When it breaks down. You don't take the car to the mechanic until it stops working. I wrote down like this. You'll never know what's wrong with you until something's wrong with you. See, on good days, you're supposed to enjoy yourself. On bad days, though, you're supposed to examine yourself. And there's a story, one of my favorite stories in the scriptures. A dude named Hezekiah. Someone say Hezekiah. Hezekiah? If you're new to our church, we're a loud church. Just don't be nervous. Hezekiah, the theologian says, the the second greatest king of Israel behind David. Why? Because he took a godless nation and he brought them back to God. He took all the false temples, the false prophets. Got them all out of the house of God. Burned all the false temples. Brought the country back to Jesus. And one day this man wakes up with boils. This righteous man who brought a country back boils all over his body. And on that day many theologians think that this is probably the bubonic plague. And without modern medicine this is a death sentence. And he prays, God would you heal me. And the next day Isaiah the prophet comes and says, God has heard your prayer. This sickness will lead to death the good, the bad, and the ugly. What do you do on the ugly days? Can I preach to you for a moment? Because most of life is here. And it doesn't reveal who God is. It reveals who we are. And this verse that I'm going to read you, Isaiah wrote it after he heard the prophecy that God was not going to heal him. After he brought the nation back to God. This dude is the most righteous, faithful man. Look what he says in Psalm 42. This is... My favorite psalm outside of Psalm 23. As a deer pants for streams of water, so my soul pants for you. I I spent 25 years outside of the church. I was thirsty for most of my life. The hip-hop evangelists are true. You thirsty, huh? Yes, I was. You name it, I did it. See, in Japanese culture, they say we have two stomachs. And you're never full until you eat rice, which is your second stomach. Can I tell you that every person in this room has two stomachs. And porn, alcohol, fame, money, drugs, none of those things will satisfy the second stomach. Only God. And your soul will try to fill itself with those things. But your soul is actually longing for the living God. My soul thirsts for you, for the living God. It's one thing to be sick. It's another thing to be physically distant from God. God, where are you? Where, When can I go and meet with God? He's like, can I get an appointment? Can I email you and get on your calendar? My tears have been my food day and night. While people say to me all day long, where's your God? You got to give you some context. Hezekiah had a lot of enemies. Because he made a lot of false prophets bankrupt. He took all the. The temples, all the Asherpoles, all the Baal temples, and he threw them all and he set them on fire. And now those people are going, where's your God? Where's your God? You burned ours. Your God can't even heal you. You a fake God. So not only is God distant, now the haters are hating. Bad days are x-rays. Your wife did not cause you to cuss. That was in you before her. She just exposed it. Your boss does not cause you to be mean. He just exposed it. Bad days are x-rays. And Hezekiah continues. These things I remember as I pour out my soul, how I used to go to the house of God, how I used to go to center set, serve on the dream team. I used to go to groups. I used to come and give and serve. I used to be under the protection of the almighty one with shouts of joy and praise among the festive throng. What do you do when you come to church and you're part of life and life is ugly sometimes? What do you do on those days well, let me tell you it doesn't reveal who god is it reveals who you are because bad days are x-rays and isaiah does three things that i hope you apply to your life number one it's not on the screen i'm going to tell you he acknowledges the symptoms but he treats the sickness read verse five with me why my soul are you downcast Why so disturbed within me? Bro, I'm like, if I was there, I'd be like, bro, you're dying. What do you mean you're downcast? He's like, no, you don't get it, Pastor Ali. My my circumstance does not determine my joy. No matter what I'm going through, I got a reason to praise God. I got a reason to praise God. See, some of you, you, let me tell you, there's always a problem beneath the problem. Your problems are not your problems. What you think your problems are really your problems. I, I, every once in a while, there will be someone in our church who a loved one, maybe a father will pass away. And there will be something that will shift in their heart that they didn't expect. And they'll say things like, I'm mourning, and you should mourn when a parent dies. That's a very difficult day. You, you should, you, I'm not saying don't. But often, you, if you listen, you'll hear things like, I feel like my, my protector has gone the one person I could call when I got a flat tire, one person I could call for money, the one person I can call for protection, I feel hopeless. And what really what's happening is those emotions are being exposed because you didn't just lose a parent, you lost a false God. You were trusting your parent to be your provider when God's supposed to play that role. And you're having those emotions because you aren't dealing with the symptoms. Second thing Hezekiah does. He says, why is my soul downcast? It doesn't matter if I'm dying. I always got a reason to praise God. Number two, he preaches to himself. This is not a a bold statement. I'm a good preacher, but you're a better preacher to yourself than I ever will be. And some of you need to learn the art of preaching to yourself on bad days. Hezekiah says, put your hope in God. That is not to me and you. That is to himself. He's doing this. Put your hope in God. Some of you need to learn. When you lose the job, when you don't know how you to pay your bills, if he dresses the lilies, how much more will he take care of you? Some of you are worried about your kids, your finances, the, the next job. If he takes care of the sparrow, how much more will he take care of you? When you're overwhelmed with life and COVID and the pressures and the divide, and the, there is no weapon formed against you that shall prosper. Some of you, you're wondering, when do we get married? You're wondering, when, when do we have kids? Romans 8, verse 32 says, if he was willing to give his son, how much more will he not give us all things? You need to learn to preach. That's what Hezekiah is doing. So I don't care if I'm feeling this. I'm not denying it. But there's a higher purpose. And number three, this one's my favorite. For I will yet praise him. Someone say yet It's easy to praise God for four. Anyone can praise God after the promotion, on your wedding day, when you're with Bay, after your child is born, after your spouse accepts Christ. And the devil, listen, he will never stop you for praising God on four because he can't. He can't deny the goodness of God when the spouse gets saved, when you get married, when you have, you know when he wants to stop you, when it hasn't happened, someone say it, Yet, Hezekiah saying, "It don't matter if I get healed. I'm gonna praise Him." Yet, doesn't matter if I'm not married and all my friends are, because it hasn't happened. Doesn't matter if all my friends are having kids and we're struggling, because the baby has not come. Doesn't matter if we don't have a building, because God's gonna provide one. Some of you need to learn the art on a bad day to drive it to a good place. And how you do it is you praise God. Yet. If i got to get every person to stand. I want to pray for you this morning. There are two types of people I want to pray in this room. Some of you, you have been going through life and life has been going to you. And you have not mastered your life, your life has been mastering you. You have been choosing and defining your days and you know, not allow the definition of your day to direct your life. You are the master of your life. God died for you, and he wants to lead you and guide you. And you need start to fight. Today is the day that the Lord has made. Today is a good day. Not what I feel, not my joy, my pain, but the author. And some of you, it hasn't happened yet, and you learn the art of having faith. Not with these eyes, but with these. Every eye closed, every head bowed. I want to pray for some of you in this room. You have not praised God yet for that something in your life you've been waiting on, you've been praying for, and you've been believing. And it's time that you shift your attitude, like Hezekiah, for for I will yet praise you. I will yet praise you. If that's you this morning, with every eye closed and every head bowed, and you have a a dream, a hope, something you've been waiting on, just shoot your hand up. Maybe a career, maybe a family member that has not yet accepted Christ. Maybe, Maybe a breakthrough in your family. Maybe... Maybe a neighbor who is far from God. Maybe that, there's no, no dream, no hope too small. Maybe you just wish your kids would listen. Maybe you just want to experience God again. God, I pray for every person in this room that has their hand up. That wants to worship you yet. They are waiting, God. Those who wait on the Lord shall renew their strength. God, give them the faith to preach to themselves regardless of what they're feeling. That if you clothe the lilies, how much more will you clothe us? If you take care of the sparrow, how much more will you take care of us? I'm not gonna praise you for the blessing. I'm gonna praise you yet. Someone say yet. Yes. And there are others of you that you can put your hands down and others of you in this room. You have not accepted Christ yet. And you, you would say in your heart, Pastor Al, you don't know what I've done. Yeah, but you haven't been forgiven yet. That's the word I want to give some of you. You have not been forgiven yet. It's already made available. Before you ever walked in this room, before you ever read your Bible, before you ever came to church, God had made a way when there was no way. He knew you couldn't come to him, so he came to you. God left heaven as a man, as God, and became a man. Lived a sinless and perfect life. And the gospel is that the goodness of God died for us, not when we were good, not when we were his friends, but when we were his enemies. And this God loves you. He sees everything you've done and still chooses to die for you. His death was a good day for us and a bad day for him because he died and we get life. He gets cursed and we get blessing. If every eye closed and every head bowed, if that's you this morning and you want to start a relationship with the living God, just be willing to put your hand up. I'd love to pray for you. This is not between me and you. This is between you and your God. I see you in the back. You put your hand down. Just pray this prayer. Thank you, Jesus leaving heaven thank you God that my life has been marked with a lot of bad days but God I want to invite you into my life I receive your death on a cross for my sin would you arrange it now would you bring some good out of it God you're the God of the second chance Help me see you, Lord. I don't understand everything, God, but I believe you're good and you love me. You love me enough to die for me. I receive your salvation. Would you fill me with your spirit so I can walk with you, love you, and obey you. Come on, church, can we clap for the one hand that went up this morning?